Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this week's episode of Bucketheads, we recap Ohio State's thumping of Indianapolis, Kofi Coburn is in trouble, and we have a girthy St. John's update. My name is Connor Lamans, and I'm here with my lovely co-host Justin Golba for the 13th episode of Bucketheads. Land Grant Holy Land's only college basketball podcast and one of the few basketball-focused podcasts in the SB Nation family of sites. Justin, how has uh, how has your week been so far? It's been good, man. Just doing some uh, high school sports playoffs. As everyone knows, I'm a high school sports reporter. That's my day job. So I've just been doing all that, having some fun with that. But I'm excited because we are just five days away from Ohio State basketball. So yeah, it's after 199 days... Um, when this really, from when this releases, it'll be 199 days since we last saw Ohio State on the floor um, against Oral Roberts. That whole thing, we don't need to go into that anymore. Um, so it's yeah, been almost talk, 200. Let's talk about that game, Connor. <laughs> we 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 talked about that with Jardy. We don't need to we don't need to go into any more depth about that. Um, but but Monday. Ohio State played the first live action that we have seen. They've done like a couple of secret scrimmages or whatever that we don't, we can't see that. But we did get to see the exhibition last night against the University of in, of Indianapolis, which is a D two school. I was there. They won eighty two forty six. If they would have lost to a D two school, even in a scrimmage like that, that would be hella concerning. Um, this would be a won, fun podcast if they did. Lose. They. Yeah, we, that would be an emergency podcast, and this would have already been published if they lost. We would have recorded right after. Um, Maybe on the court. It was – I would not have left the building until we were done recording. They were up by like 15 or 16 at halftime, um, and then they ended up winning by 36 basically. What do you think – what what kind of positives or what is good about being able to play a team, do you think, even if they're like really – kind of shitty like a division two team like what benefit was there for Ohio State to come out and play a team like this well you know we talked about this about a month ago the biggest thing you get away from this is just game time game speed you know when we talked to Adam Jardy uh, specifically he mentioned the Cedric Russell seemed to be a little bit behind seemed to be kind of struggling a little bit in practice this is a game where and we'll get into him a little bit later because I have some issues with that but um, this is a game where guys like that can kind of get you still get the same the game still starts zero zero you're still going as hard as you would when you're playing Akron or Duke, you know, come later in the season. Hell, if I just create Akron and Duke as if that's the same game. But, um, you know, you're, you're moving fast. You're getting into the game speed. You're running plays. You're doing all the stuff, you know, defense. You're doing all the stuff you're going to do that you can't really emulate in a practice. 
And the biggest thing is game speed for sure. Um, and just even little things like just, you know, finding your shooting pockets, stuff like that. Um, you know, practice, you know, getting in for a guy like Zed key, you know, working on his footwork in the paint. That was something he struggled with last year for a guy like EJ Liddell working on spreading out the offense a little bit, you know, everything that you need to do this year that you didn't do last year. I got, we'll talk about Miji Johnson. You know, he started, um, which looks like will probably be his role this season. So this is his first game starting, I believe. Um, so we'll see, you know, kind of how this game helped him a little bit. It seems like yeah. he did a lot. My my big takeaway, I'll say I, I was not – sorry, I'm trying to adjust this headset here. Um, I was not super impressed with them. I'll be bl- just brutally honest. I was not real impressed with them. That didn't, to me, look like a team that's going to be able to finish in the top four or five in the conference. Um, however, like asterisk there because, you know, Kyle Young is out indefinitely. Hopefully he'll be back soon. There's no guarantee he'll be back for the Akron game, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be out for months and months. Seth Towns is out for at least another month and a half. And then Justice Suing was also out with a lower leg injury, which is separate from the groin injury he had at the end of last season. So this isn't like he's continuing to be cautious from what injured him last year. Like this is a new injury and they have, no, they wouldn't get, he wouldn't, Holtman wouldn't give us a timetable for that either. So the Buckeyes are missing two of their definite, I guess Kyle Young, we expect him to probably be a starter, two of their almost certain starters plus Seth Towns. So it's kind of an asterisk next to it, but with the lineup they rolled out, I mean, I wasn't really impressed that the offense wasn't very smooth. It was a little discombobulated. Everybody pretty much other than Michi Johnson, who was just hoisting at will, um, looked kind of hesitant to shoot like should i shoot should i pass am i okay to shoot um wasn't wasn't really impressed with the offense well i think and i think you you know you bring up a good point i think that's why you play these games is because you have kyle young and justice suing are arguably the two most important players in this team not the best but arguably the two most important um and i mean they're two of the three best so them not being there you have other guys play bigger roles and what you see is those – I mean, we saw the two two of the three transfers. They struggled. You know, I don't exactly know how Malachi Branham played, but he's a freshman. Um, you know, and, he, and he's a guy who he's going to be a volume he was, scorer. He, so was, he, good. he gonna, was good. He was good, man. He was so, good. So that's huge. If he's already good because he, he's going to be a volume scorer, a lot of what he's going to do is going to be evident pretty early. Uh, and then you have a guy like Jamari Wheeler who it seemed like he kind of stepped in a little more, more comfortably than Joey Brunk. And Cedric Russell, which makes sense because Brunk didn't play last year. He's he hasn't played a college basketball game in what, 700 days or whatever two years is. And Cedric Russell is coming from the Sun Belt, while Jamari Wheeler is basically making a lateral move from Penn State to Ohio State. He knows Big Ten speed. He knows everything about the Big Ten. He's been all Big Ten defensive, so he knows what he's doing. Um, so none of that is too surprising to me. I wouldn't expect them to look fantastic. Yeah, some of those, a few of them, yeah, a few of those guys just looked like just bad. I am, it's, I'm like, you try to find the positives, but like Joey Brunk, he played nine minutes, he fouled out in nine minutes of game time, did not take a shot, two rebounds and a block. So, I mean, he's like contributing a little bit in the box score, but, uh, I mean, he was, he was bad. There's no other way to put it. And Cedric Russell, he had, he was able, he took seven shots. He played most of the second half. He didn't play it all in the first half, which, um, I know this game wasn't televised unless you pay for BTN Plus, so like most people probably didn't watch it live. But Cedric Russell sat the entire first half, 
Um, so we were wondering, sitting over at like the tables, the media tables, like, is he hurt? Is he being punished? And somebody actually asked Holtman that at the press conference was, is, was Cedric Russell sitting out the first half some kind of like, was it disciplinary? Was it punishment? And he just said, you know, no, that was kind of the plan was to let him play most of the second half. And I mean, he was bad. He took seven shots. He hit one of his seven shots, five, one of five from three. Um, he didn't have a turnover or anything like that. I don't think he had any assists either. But, um, you know, he, he looked bad. Brunk looked bad. Jimmy Sotos looked bad. For the most part, Justin Arns looked bad. And after a whole offseason of them saying, oh, Justin Arns isn't just a three-point shooter anymore. He's more of a three and D type guy. He's going to be able to help us in a, a lot of different ways. He had at least one, it might have been two, really dumb, bad fouls on layups that were and ones where it was clear they were going to make the basket anyways. Seven of his eight shots were from three, like just like last year. Um, so <sighs> overall, I just... They won by 36, but there were a few individual players that were just not impressive at all. Branham was good. He was three of nine, but he was like he was confident. He was not. He didn't look rushed or intimidated by like game speed or anything like that. Um, I thought he was fine, but a couple of those dudes just looked bad. Yeah, and, and just again, that kind of brings me back to my original point of that's why you play. You know, you get those dumb dumb fouls and those dumb mistakes out of the way early, and that way, ideally, you know, you learn from them and you don't make them again. Now it's gonna. We're gonna see the first three games, especially if there is no Kyle Young. I have to assume he's gonna push hard to get back for like that Thanksgiving stretch of where they play like Florida, Seton Hall, Duke. I'm assuming he's gonna push hard to be back for that. But their first three games are winnable without Kyle Young. There, there's a chance they won't be even close. Akron lost a lot um, in Lorraine Christian Jackson, who was their best player last year, and kind of did everything. Or Lauren, I'm sorry, he kind of did everything for them. Um, so, you know, that they, they, these are games they, they should win pretty handily without Kyle Young. But it'll be interesting to see if they if they get better from that or if they make those same mistakes and, and start to – Jimmy Sotos is an interesting one to me. Um, I was going to ask you how he played because I think they're going to need a lot from him this year. And obviously last year we didn't really get a fair assessment of him because he, he was kind of the third str- – him and Michi kind of went back and forth who was actually the backup point guard behind Walker and then – Immediately when Walker got hurt, Soto's got hurt, and you didn't see him again. So um, he'll be a very interesting one this year. So yeah, Soto didn't look, he did not look good. He took two shots there, both threes. He missed them both. He had three assists in sixteen minutes. So I mean that's solid. He also had three turnovers, a um, couple of rebounds, and a steal. He he didn't look too good. I think that you're right. You said at the top, like it's probably going to be Jamari and, and Michi starting. They started that game. And they also have been working out together and stuff quite a bit, like privately outside of practice. Those two guys are trying to gel and like get some kind of chemistry going. Um, those those minutes at the two were totally up for grabs um, between him and, and Jimmy Sotos and Malachi. Like it was totally up for grabs of who was going to be that second guy. And I think it is going to be Michi, Jimmy. I don't know. There are just a few guys that just did not look good, and, and, and he was one of them. There were a few guys that looked really good. Liddell looked really good. Um, he only took eight shots, which was like, uh, he did not lead the team in shots. There were Michi and Zed Key took nine. Then he and Justin Arns both took eight. Branham also took nine. So like Liddell was not driving the bus. He was not trying to be like the guy or the go-to guy in that game. He was kind of just taking the shots that came to him, the open looks when he had them. He wasn't kind of going crazy and going full effort, trying to get into the paint and stuff. And, and Holtman said that at the press conference too. He said, 
um, he, he was cr- critical of him. He said, you know, I don't think he was aggressive enough. Um, I think he was kind of timid. Um, and if he doesn't play more aggressive and he doesn't have a higher motor, um, you know, he's, he's not one of the better players in the country if he doesn't do that, which for exhibition, when he said that, I was kind of like, damn, like he, he, he's not happy with, with how Liddell played and they played a division two opponent and won by 36. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, on one hand, I agree with him. I mean, he's not wrong, but at the same token, I don't think you can look at his effort in a scrimmage in a, or in an exhibi- exhibition, but it's a scrimmage, and assume it'll be the same in game time. You know what I mean? I I don't need to see what EJ Liddell is going to do. I know what EJ Liddell is capable of. I want to see guys like Michi and guys like Sotos and the transfers play more, you know, and them handle the ball. And I think in the back of his mind, Liddell probably knew that. So I think he was just kind of maybe going – not going through the motions, but um, probably just out there to be out there. Because, like I said, we know what we're getting from EJ Liddell. He's one of the best players in the country. So – um, and his motor in every single game ever has never been a question mark. So I, I, I wouldn't assume it's just going to be- become one now, you know. But I know what Holtman's saying. Yeah, it was a little surprising. Um, I'm surprised he was that hard. On think him, was, yeah, he was definitely he was definitely critical of him. He wasn't he wasn't critical of of too many guys when they asked about different players. Um, he said, and, and we should. This is gonna this is gonna publish on Thursday. We're probably gonna have the full audio of the press conference put out as like a standalone podcast by then. So if you want to go back and if anybody wants to go back and listen to exactly what he said, we should have it all by you know, Wednesday or Thursday at the latest. Um, you know, basically said, you know, he wants Jamari Wheeler. That was another big thing is he said, I want guys to be more aggressive, specific guys. He wants to be aggressive. You know, Jamari Wheeler took t- three shots in 15 minutes. He's like, I want him to be more aggressive. I wish he would shoot a little bit more. I want EJ Adele to be more aggressive. I want to see Malachi Branham be I want to see him be aggressive. I don't want to see him be intimidated or scared because he's good enough to go out there and score. I don't want him to be timid. Um, he wants specific guys to be more aggressive. For the most part, he was pretty complimentary towards his guys. Liddell, he was critical of him. He wants him to go out there and attack. So I have a question for you, Connor. Um, if you had to take away an MVP from this, who well, it seemed like a lot of people were very impressed with Zed Key. But who was your MVP of this? If you had to take one away, probably Eugene Brown. Honestly, he he. We haven't talked about him at all, and he played a lot more in the second half than the first half when they were already up by like twenty twenty five points. But Eugene Brown had he led the team in scoring. Actually, he had um, what did he score? Fifteen? I think he had fifteen points, six to seven shooting in twenty one minutes. Um, and he was locked down on D. I heard plus minus of fifteen. Yeah, really high energy, clapping, moving around. You know switching on screens, all that good stuff. Um, three or four from three point. He, he had three offensive rebounds. So he altogether, he had seven rebounds, um, three of which were offensive. So um, part of it is probably because he was playing mostly in the second half when they were already up by a bunch. Um, but that's, you know, he, that, that's how you play yourself up the depth chart. And if Kyle Young and Justice Suing are out for any amount of time, you know, he's probably going to be the, seventh or eighth guy off the bench after being like the 11th or 12th last year um he's tall but he's lanky so he could probably guard the two three four if you need him to um he could probably play any of the two three four if you need him to so he was really good and he looks like he's added some some muscle and so did michi but um to answer the question i would probably say eugene brown he was probably the best player that 
overall in that game. Well, and we've seen that from UG Brown, those flashes of that 3 and D. Remember when they played UCLA early in the season, and granted this wasn't the Final Four UCLA, they were struggling at the time, but he pretty much won that game, you could argue, single-handedly. He had three threes late and made a couple big defensive plays. Um, so I think he's I, – I agree with you. I definitely think he's going to be somebody who – I thought maybe Cedric Russell coming in would hurt him, you know, because it just seems like another person ahead of him in the depth chart. But at this point, I, Russell – Again, I don't think you could take too much away from the exhibition, but uh, he's going to be my number one person to watch against Akron to see just how much he plays, when he plays, and in what kind of capacity they play him. And he didn't just jack threes either. Um, He took – let me see his line here. He was 6 of 7 overall. He was 3 of 4 from 3. So that would mean – let me do some math here. So he was 3 of 4 from 3. And he was three of three from two point range. Basically, he had a steal and a breakaway dunk. He had a couple layups. So you know that's another thing with kind of like Arns is to see you want to see improvement of you know are you only comfortable shooting threes? That's it. Um, kind of like me when I play pickup at the gym, or are you confident enough to get the ball on the perimeter and then drive in on your own? Um, so he had you know three for three for shots that were not three pointers too. Yeah, and that's a that's a good thing to note that he's kind of he seems like he's someone that really is a good job letting the game come to him and not forcing the issue, and that's such a big thing when you're a young player, especially you know with the schedule they're going to play this season. Um, that's going to be important because if if they have guys to start forcing stuff, start forcing the issue, you know this season get away from them pretty quick. But I don't I think they've done a good job of that last year not doing that, and this year it could be the same thing. Yeah. I think the main takeaway really is suing is hurt. We don't know much about that. We don't know how long he's going to be out. We don't know how long Kyle Young's going to be out. You know, this team is banged up already. This team ended last season banged up, and this team is already really shorthanded right now. Um, I don't know if it's going to matter that much for the first couple games, like Akron and Niagara. I think that they should still win. They, I don't want to say they will win because I've already, you know, we've already uh, experienced something about underdogs recently um those are games they should win whether you have kyle young and justice suing or not akron and niagara um once you get past that and you get closer to thanksgiving like you said with seton hall duke uh, kentucky's in december but seton hall and duke and like whoever they play either florida or cal they're they're gonna need them back and if you're missing both of those dudes for any extended period of time like if they're out until like mid-december early january it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case because suing's been practicing but if you miss these guys for a few weeks, I mean, this team is, was projected to finish like fourth or fifth in the conference with their full roster. They're not going to do that without those two guys. They're they're not going to operate at the same level without those two guys. Um, so then you look at if they're missing them for a while, what kind of damage could that do on the schedule if, if they keep playing without those guys? I mean, it, it's a serious, it's something serious that I think kind of flew under the radar is that we really don't know when either of these guys are coming back. Yeah, and I mean, the tough part about um, suing is Holtman was pretty tight-lipped about it. I mean, he could be he could play at full capacity against Akron. He might, you know, we don't really know where he is. So again, that Akron game will be kind of a better, I guess, outlook into where he actually is. For Kyle Young, it's tough because we know he's not going to play against Akron. We know he's out indefinitely. You know, you have the Akron, Niagara, and Bowling Green games. But then, like you said, you go Xavier, Seton Hall, 
probably Florida, Duke, Penn State in a five-game stretch. That's that's not an easy five games. They're going to need those guys back for that for sure. Yeah, and then he was saying that suing had been practicing lately. So if I mean, is he if he's practicing in some capacity, I don't think that. And I don't want it to sound like, you know, be an alarmist, like he's going to be out till January or something. I didn't mean that. I have no intel that says that he's going to be out till January. If he's in practicing, it wouldn't be shocking if he plays the first game next week. But kind of like you said, they really don't, they he wouldn't really tell us much. He just said it's a lower leg injury. It is not the groin injury that he was dealing with last season. This is a new separate injury that he tried to give it a go against Indianapolis and just told the coaches like I can't do it I'm not going to be able to play so we don't really know how long he's actually going to be out it doesn't sound like it's something that he's going to be out for a month or two but you just you just don't know you we really just don't know and I don't think that when healthy I, when healthy I don't think this team is good enough to win the Big Ten title without both of those guys for any type of any amount of time um they're really going to have to be creative to scratch and claw to win games against those better teams if if it gets to that. Yeah, and, you know, the, it, there's a benefit to playing a great non-conference schedule, obviously, but the the downfall to it can be if you do have these early injuries and all of a sudden you drop a couple games that you weren't expecting to drop, now all of a sudden you're sitting at 4-4 four and four or 4-5 four and five and you're kind of wondering, did your season get away from you in November? And it's kind of a weird, it's it's a weird dynamic you need to play, um, because you want to play. You need to play good teams in the non-conference because it helps your strength schedule. It helps you know your quadrant one and two, three and four. As stupid as that is, it's, you know it matters for the committee. You know all that stuff matters, and also you just want to play good teams, so you're ready to play good teams come March. But at the same time, you can't let your season get away from you. And you know again, like we said, Suen could be completely fine. We don't really know. But we need to make sure that he he's on the court because if they're missing two, maybe three starters for these games, that's not good. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, I don't think that – I think that you can – that they should, and I expect that they will win those first three games without those guys if need be. The, the yeah, the talent, first three games, I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. The, <laughs> the despair – like the difference between talent yeah. even without those guys is just like so monumentous that – a roster um, A roster of – of Jimmy Soto's, Miji Johnson, Justin Arns, Zed Key, and, and Eugene Brown is starting in Akron. Right, is still going to yeah, exactly, and that's without that's without you know EJ Liddell. They would be they'll be fine those first couple. I think it's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Liddell's um, the kind of guy. As long as Liddell's on the floor, he can take over any game. Kind of like Dwayne Washington was last year, but much to yeah, much, just, much to some people's chagrin. It's just something to right. It's just something to keep an eye on. I think that was kind of a big deal that kind of flew under the radar, and we asked one question about it, and when he just basically said, "Yeah, lower leg," and didn't give much more, that was kind of the cue to like, okay, we're probably not going to get much more about this for now. So we'll see what happens. I think we've pretty much milked this exhibition game about as good as we as 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 much as we could. Um, the defense was good. The defense was was aggressive. Jamari Wheeler was was good. Eugene Brown was good. Um, they're going to be a better defensive team this year. It's just the offense is a little bit was a little concerning, a little disjointed. So we'll see what happens. Um, don't want to overanalyze from a game against a Division two team. Um, anything else with the exhibition that you want to hit? Ohio State basketball is back. We are back, baby.
Kofi Coburn has been suspended for three games um, to start the season, which is like a cupcake, a cupcake, and then they go play at Marquette. So that would be interesting. Um, but he's been suspended because, and I'm interested in your take on this, he sold some Illinois basketball gear in June, which was like that weird period when he went from like, I'm leaving and I'm going to the NBA to never mind, I'm not going to NBA, I'm coming back to college, but I'm going to the transfer portal. And maybe I'll come back to Illinois, maybe I won't. And then he went back to Illinois. In that period of like, he wasn't technically on a team and he also hadn't decided if he was going to go to the NBA or not, he sold some like basketball gear for cash. And then like a month later, NIL got passed and like, oh, you can do that now. And then he came back to Illinois. But because he sold all that stuff in June before NIL was put in place, he's in trouble. Yeah, this is the dumbest. And look, the, the NCA has a has a knack for doing stupid things. This might be the dumbest suspension I think I've ever seen. Um, I mean, for first of all, first of all, I'm not overreacting when I say you're suspending a guy for three games for selling a shirt that is now basically or whatever he sold for what is now legal. You just suspended Mark View for one game for a DUI where his breast samples were 0.12, mind you. So it's not like it was 0.08. You know, it was close. 0.12. He was, he was over the legal limit. He got arrested for a DUI. He got suspended one game where Gonzaga goes, goes, play, goes and plays who – I don't know who Gonzaga starts their season with, but I'm assuming it's a high school team. So now you're, so you're, you are making the statement at the NCAA that we think what Kofi Coburn did – is worse than what Mark Few did, right? That I mean, that has to be the only thing you're saying if you suspend him for more games. Not to mention, he did it when he was already basically thinking he was gone, and it's legal to do in the NBA, obviously, to market off your own name. It's legal to do now in the NCAA with NIL. But you're suspending him for three games because he did it before the rules passed, but while he was in the transfer portal. But again, like I said, just a week ago you suspended, or not even a week ago, four days ago you suspended Mark Few for one game for a DUI where other people were at risk with his decisions. I'm that's, that's bad. Um, my question is, do you know, do you know if, uh, Mark few, ah, there we go. Mark few is suspended by the university, not by the NCAA. Um, so that's a situation where kind of like the Ohio state urban Meyer suspension were basically, the university tries to get in front of it. Yes, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna suspend so that hopefully the NCAA could do additional if they wanted to. But that's why Gonzaga tries to do it themselves. Yeah, they could. Yeah, hundred percent. They stepped. It, yeah, that's what Ohio State always does with their Meyer. Oh, not always because it only happened once. That's what we always does. do. With, that's what we always do with their Meyer. That's what every team tries to do. You know, they try to step in and get ahead of it. Kofi's suspension was from the NCAA, not from Illinois. So yeah, because Illinois is probably correct. Like, what do you do Kofi wrong? was suspended by the NCAA. What? Because yeah, because Illinois is probably like, what do you do wrong? <laughs> They were probably just as confused as the NCAA. Right. So the NCAA suspended Kofi. The NCAA has not done anything about Mark Few. Right. The university did that for Mark Few. So you could um, argue it's even worse than what I said. Because I did like, – obviously I said the NCAA suspended him. Gonzaga did. But the NCAA can step in at any point and make it worse. And they haven't. They haven't done correct. anything. So They have not done anything. Now, there is some backlash from this. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe in a week they do step in and do something just to make it look like they care. But at this point, I mean, it's just the fact that in any world, a guy can be suspended for three. It's like the NFL. You see this stupid 
you see guys a guy smokes weed he gets suspended for eight games but a guy beats his wife and he gets two game suspension i mean it, it's it's backwards it's also backwards all the time and i this is this is way backwards yeah i don't know why like I don't know how much cash. How much cash did he really get for probably like shoes and a jacket, like at max, like a couple hundred bucks, well, versus how much money? Versus how much money has he made himself off on NIL since July? Like, why can't he just like pay the money back and be like be done with it or something? 100%. I don't know. A three games. Uh, oh, okay. A one a half a suspension or a, maybe even a one game. Okay, fine. You know, put your foot down and see. You act like you people care about what you think. Sure, but three games. That's unbelievable. And like I said, I can't. I didn't. I didn't confirm this before this pod, so take it at what you will. But I saw on, excuse me, online that he donated the money to charity. Again, I did not confirm that, but if he did, then it's just like really. That's what we're suspending guys for nowadays. Okay, but we're not going to step in at all when Gonzaga literally slaps their coach on the wrist for DUI. Sure, that's fine. Um, here we go. Coburn will also repay the money made off the sale of his merchandise and donated to a charity of his choice. So they are making him, they are, they are making him pay the money back and will not pay it back, but donate that amount of money. And they are also suspending him. Yes. Um, oh my God. And Mark Few got a game in community service. It, right. And it's back, it's I think that Jalen, I'm pretty sure that, so today, um, this just came out today, which today's Tuesday, so by Thursday there could be more out about this. But Jalen Wilson from Kansas was also arrested today for DUI, yeah. and he was suspended. And again, my assumption is that he was also probably suspended by the university. If I can find it real quick, because that would be a, that game. would be a good comparison. It's like okay, what is the like if Kofi gets three games for this? What does Jalen Wilson get for a legitimate like DUI? Well, Jalen got three games. Jalen Wilson got three he got, games. He got he got four. But what I'm curious about is this is from is this from Kansas or from the NCAA? That was from Kansas. Yes. So the university did it themselves. So then you wonder like if the years. NCAA does nothing additional, does that mean that a DUI is four and selling a T-shirt is three? Well, and also it you know says four games, but he he was yeah. But also it says four games. He was suspended for their exhibition. I don't really count that. So it's really it's three games, oh, uh, three true. season games. True, true, true. So, but but at least but at least as you mentioned, at least he's out for their Michigan State game. Okay, so there's at least some type of actual punishment here. Okay, Mark Few is missing. Yeah, you know, instead of saying Gonzaga Junior, I'll just look up who they play their first game against. I They're playing Dixie State. I, yeah, Dixie State. I knew it was something like a TV show. Um, yeah, Dixie State. I'm sure they're going to really struggle against Dixie State without Mark Few on the sideline. Right, and I'm pretty sure he's still allowed. To, have, he's still yeah, allowed to. Co- have, he's still allowed to coach at practice and everything. He's just literally missing that one two hour span right. of game. That's just I don't. And like you said, I, I will. I will. I will regret my regress my other statement of saying the NCAA gave him one game because they didn't. The university did, but like I said, you can even argue it's worse that the NCAA did nothing to step in. You could argue the NCAA has done absolutely nothing. They just said, "Oh, right, one game, okay, that works." That they're basically looking and saying, "You gave him one game. We don't need to add anything to that." It, here's what I take away from that. If you give if if Gonzaga gave him one game and the NCAA did not add anything to that, then the NCAA would have given him one game. Right. I mean that I feel like that's fair logic. Well that's the uh that's what you're insinuating is that if you know if they're not adding anything then they're deciding that one game is appropriate. It's good. If that's they're choosing yes. not to tack anything else on. So Yeah, because they have that it's power. uh it's 
it's a it's a thing that that, that definitely that definitely happened, and it sucks for him. And I'm not an Illinois not for few for for Kofi, and I'm not an Illinois fan. Um, I'm not I'm not really like a Kofi Coburn fan in particular or anything like that. But yeah, it is just it's kind of goofy. I don't know why also, he couldn't just pay the money back something. or donate the money. And, well, and that's the crazy yeah, part is they're make, they're making him do that, but they're also suspending him. It's like that's. But also, I want to point out, like I think it was three years ago, it was either three or four years ago. Josh Perkins, famous Gonzaga guard, was cited for physical control of a vehicle while under the influence, which is almost the same thing as DUI. I just I believe that means it wasn't moving at the time. I could be wrong, uh, but it's basically the same thing as DUI. He was suspended by the team for two games. That was from Mark Few. So Mark Few has now suspended somebody for almost the same thing, more than his own suspension. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's always been like this, though, with with the NCAA and suspensions and whatnot and all this stuff. Like another funny one. Do you remember? Um, geez, do you remember the? I'll put it in air quotes. The Kansas brawl, like two or three years ago. Oh God! Where yeah. um, DeSouza. Where I, what? Gosh, what was the? Yeah, when DeSouza literally, <laughs> and that was the other comparison. Is like DeSouza picked up a stool and held it above his head. He didn't hit anybody. He didn't swing at anybody. But didn't he get suspended for like eight or ten games or something crazy? A season. They knocked was him it the up. whole season? It was a season, but they had about ten games left. So I guess you could say it was like a ten game. But it, that was and like I'll look it up real fast. But I was almost I'm almost hundred percent positive that was the season for him. And then you can do the same thing and like compare that to like other worse things, DUIs, assault. Well, and he had to go domestic I remember violence. He had to. He got. A, he had to he go got, through anger management, right? Well, he also had to go to court. They were trying to charge him with aggravated assault, but he got found not guilty because he didn't assault anybody. But um, they were trying to like actually pin a charge on him for that. Just absolutely goofy. Just goofy. I forget exactly. I'm almost positive because it was in like it was in like early February, so they probably had like ten games left. But I'm almost positive they 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 sent you're, you're done for the year, sir. Don't pick that chair up again. What the what the people have been waiting for for sure is the St. John's update. We are, um, people know we are a St. John's podcast. We always have been. And we have some St. John's news. They were picked to finish fourth in the Big East by a media poll. So, I mean, that is, Very that's good. pretty much, that's NCAA tournament caliber team. So we're looking at um, potentially a deep tournament run for the Johnnies. They have one guy. Uh, I know that Champagny was picked all Big East first team. And then they have another guy whose name escapes me. Um, I just don't care to Google it, who is all Big East second team. So they've got a first teamer and a second teamer in the all conference teams. Um, and then they beat a division three opponent this week in their exhibition by almost 60 points. They won by, uh, by, by 56. So I don't know if the, uh, there are no cupcakes comment stands for that or not, but, um, they won by 56. That would imply cupcakes exist. Also, I'd like to point out, uh, for Kansas, DeSosa was suspended for 12 games. He was eligible to return for their final regular season game. But then he opted out of the season, and he has he has never played for Kansas again. <laughs> he, he now I plays in Chattanooga. That, also, I saw aggravated battery, and I was wrong. That was for something actually different that he did recently. So I take that back. He actually, but it was found not guilty for that too. So okay, it's been a it's been a weird two years for Sylvia De Sosa. So he was he did something and was found not guilty of assault. Yeah, something to uh, like he he. I can look it up again. Um, <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that article was related to, uh, the chair thing. It just, it wasn't also, if you Google Silvio DeSosa, the first thing that comes up is just chair, which I thought was funny. Oh, he was accused <laughs> of striking a man in the face and causing him to lose sight in one of his eyes. 
but he was found not guilty. So I guess he didn't do it. I don't know. It must mean he didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, who am I to judge the? Who am I to question the uh, United States uh, court system? Oh my gosh, um, what are we at here? Do we keep it under? No, we're at almost forty minutes. Um, okay, any any final thoughts on on any of that or St. John's? No, but I think it's safe to say this podcast went off the rails again. But nevertheless, I think I think it was a good job. <laughs> that will about wrap it up for us today if you are finding us on the website don't forget to also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and music so apple music spotify whatever you use we are putting out a new episode every thursday and land grant holy land drops various podcast episodes all week long a lot of football stuff a lot of football recruiting so if you're into that kind of stuff um definitely check out our other podcasts for sure. And if you want to follow us along on Twitter, you can follow us at BucketheadsLGHL. And the official Land Grant Holy Land uh, Twitter is at LandGrant33. You can follow me at Justin underscore Golba. And uh, Connor, where are you at? What's your email? What's your facts? People can, people can send all their um, love letters, hate mail, anything that they want to talk about to it is at Lamons underscore Connor. So L-E-M-O-N-S um, underscore Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R. Um, please be nice. That is all I got. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Go Bucks! And shout out to Knock on Wood. We got one inning left. Your World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. You guys have a good weekend. Let's hope that doesn't age poorly come Thursday. <laughs>